0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League Podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome listeners to episode six of the Toolstation Western League Podcast. My name is Ian Knockholds. I'll be your host as always. And I am delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. How about yourself?
1: Well, I'm all right, but let's not make this about me. Let's make this about you. Oh. Because um, you are another year older <laughs> and another year wiser, aren't you? It was your birthday yesterday, so on behalf of the entire Western League family, many happy returns of the day.
2: Thank you very much, yeah. Just a number these days, I think I'm getting a bit bit old and what have you. But yeah, yeah. thank you very much. It was a lovely day, so yeah. If
1: you think like that of your age, I when know. you get to mine, then it'll be very Reggie Perrin at that point. there would <laughs> be clothes left at the side of the the beach anyway that's one for the teenagers did you have a nice birthday anyway that's the most important thing
2: did yeah yeah it was lovely yeah we had a had a nice meal and whatnot and yeah got out and saw some people so yeah it was, it was all good all good yeah
1: it was a good job you didn't go much odd down for your birthday, wasn't it? Anyway, we'll be coming to that later. <laughs> we, uh, yes, anyway, there we go, giving a little bit away there. Um, on this week's podcast, we will be speaking to Stuart Henderson. He's the manager of Tavistock. Of course, Tavistock are a new member side into the Tool Station Western League, so it'd be great to hear what Stuart has to say for himself. And we will be catching up with an old friend of the podcast. He is a well-travelled manager, a very well-respected manager. He is Andy Crabtree. The manager of Warminster Town, so uh, we very much look forward to um, to hearing from him as well, because there's a lot of FA VARs action to talk about here. But um, in fairness to the Tool station Western Premier Division, that has a that has quite a stake in um, this, uh, this week's podcast as well. So uh, a huge amount of football to talk about. We're going to take you back to Tuesday the 10th of September, where we had a mammoth FA Cup tie, particularly because it was between two member sides. Shepton Mallet had gone to Tavistock, a difficult place to go. Uh, they got the draw. They had home advantage in the replay. Uh, a huge crowd of 247 saw this replay, Tom. Um, but, um, but did the home fans go home happy?
2: Not on this occasion, no. It was, uh, it was Tavistock who prevailed. So they're the, the final Western League side. Uh, who were who still in FA Cup action. Uh, they prevailed two goals to one uh, last Tuesday. And it was, um, yeah, very much their cup hero at the moment. Jack Crago uh, scored both of their goals, opening opening his account after just 12 minutes, and then uh, doubling his tally 10 minutes into the second half. Uh, Shepton did, did pull a goal back uh, through Asa White, who scored for the third consecutive FA Cup game. Uh, but uh, the Devon side managed to hold out and uh, will take on Highworth Town uh, on Saturday, actually, uh, who knocked out Exmouth in the in the last round. So, uh, yeah, Tavistock, they moved on to the next round of the FA Cup, the second qualifying round, uh, which is on Saturday afternoon.
1: We also had some other Premier Division action, didn't we, on Tuesday the 10th, and there was another very big gate, three-figure gate at uh, Canesham Town.
2: Yeah, quite a, quite a game down there as well. Uh, Clevedon uh, coming from uh, 3-1 down. Uh, scoring three times in the, the final 20 minutes to, to, to claim the 4-3 victory away at Canesham. Uh, yeah, 20 minutes left, Elliot Nicholson pulling the goal back uh, to make it 3-2. Uh, Lucas Vowles, who'd uh, done well the, the previous weekend, uh, managed to grab an equaliser five minutes later. Uh, and then the same man, uh, Vowles, so very much starring for Cleveland at the moment. Uh, he struck five minutes in stoppage time, so a late heartbreak for, for Canesham. Uh, But, yeah, fantastic comeback from uh, Clevedon, who who took a 4-3 win.
1: Well, we're going to move on to Saturday, the 14th of September now. And, of course, the second qualifying round of this season's FA Vars competition. Plenty of um, Western League sides still uh, involved in the um, early stages of this competition. And we'll kick off um, with Westbury United, who travelled to the heart of Hampshire. They went to Alton and um, did our side emerge victorious Tom
2: they did on this occasion they did it the hard way though uh they did go ahead uh through dan kovacs after just 19 minutes uh but then uh yeah kovacs was uh, given his marching orders pretty soon after a poorly timed challenge uh and uh, yeah he was sent off uh making making westbury uh, a, a man down uh, and alton capitalized equalizing 20 minutes from time and uh yeah it's probably the home side pushing for pushing for victory But it was Westbury who managed to come out and and grab a really late winner. Uh, It was Joe Kirkpatrick uh, firing home from the edge of the area uh, to give Westbury the 2-1 win. So they progress and move on to the next round.
1: Well, the next feature match in the FA Vars is an all-Western League tie between Cadbury Heath and Exmouth Town. And it would be fair to say that Exmouth's excellent season continues.
2: Yeah, brilliant start for them. Uh, Doing well in September. And, uh, yeah, a 5-1 win away at Cadbury Heath. So, uh, yeah, not to be sniffed at. Uh, He's pretty good cup team. Uh, but it was Exmouth uh, on the back of braces from both Carl Rickard and Ace High, one of our favourite uh, favourite <laughs> names, uh, favourite new names to come across this season. He scored twice and, uh, yeah, booked, uh, booked the spot in the next round for Exmouth, a 5-1 win away at Cadbury Heath.
1: Now, two sides that were playing step six football last season, two sides that, um, well, certainly one of them that's playing step five, and arguably the other one should be as well. Cheddar took on Tavistock. It, this game was played at the Theatre of Cheese, and I did mm. think that that gave the home side a really good chance of causing an upset, only in terms of the fact that uh, that it was they were taking on a side from the Premier Division. First Division Cheddar then at home, to Tavistock but this was a one-sided affair
2: Tom. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. I think one of us the couple who uh, picked this game out last week is one that we'd we'd keep our eye on. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately Cheddar uh, falling a little short and it was uh, yeah, Tavistock running out 5 nil victors So obviously doing fantastically in the cup competitions this year. Uh, Jack that man, Jack Crago we mentioned earlier, he scored four times for for Tavistock on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and Warren Daw also getting on the score sheet. But that's uh, I think that made it, Craig, eight goals in the space of uh, a week. So, uh, yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic period for him. And he's, uh, yeah, very much far in Tavistock uh, to, uh, to a lot of wins at the moment.
1: Um, Tavistock, of course, are a new name for us on the Toolstation Western League podcast. And like with all of the new sides that come into the league, we like to get hold of their managers early to find out a little bit about what the club's all about. And Tavistock, of course, are no different. Stuart Henderson is the man at the helm. In uh, in Tavistock, and uh, I took this opportunity to have a chat with Stuart about well, a memorable week for a club. For the club, of course, it was a week that started with that fantastic victory away at Shepton, and then that glorious five-nil victory in Navarre Again, coming back to Somerset on their travels to win against Cheddar. Great
3: for the club. Um, two good wins, and um, yeah, you know, delighted with the start we've had to the season.
1: Um, so going back to your game against um, your home game against Shepton, uh, that went to a replay, um, and, you, and, and that gave you the prospect of a midweek trip to Somerset. At that time, did you think your chance to progress in the FA Cup had gone?
3: No, not really. Um, we were we were very annoyed with ourselves. Uh, the goals we conceded were goals that could have been avoided, and on another day, we could have scored a hatful. So. For the game to end up three each, Um, we were disappointed, and um, I think probably their lads maybe thought that you know they got out of jail and maybe you know they probably fancied themselves on the home pitch. And um, you know when we travelled to Shepton Mallet and arrived at the ground, they narrowed the pitch quite significantly. we'd a bit of a laugh and a joke about with their manager afterwards and, you know, you know, they're obviously trying to gain every advantage they can, um, we do like to move the ball around and that, you know, they felt that by making the pitch smaller, you know, their kind of more physical approach, direct approach would, um, would work to their advantage but on the night it didn't, um, you know, and we were confident, don't get me wrong, it was a, it was a difficult game up there, um, but I felt, you know, we were good value
1: for the win. So you've got Shepton um, again uh, at home uh, in the next round of the Vars. Is it about time you played somebody else in the cup competitions, or do you think yeah. that it's it's quite helpful playing a side that you've become to know so well?
3: Um, not really. I think I think we would, you know, probably would have uh, rather avoided them because you know we've, we've got playing. Um, twice more in the league as well, so um, yeah, I think probably both sets of players are we to help each other. But you know, it, it's it's the way it's gone. It's a home draw, which you know, obviously um, we've got a good record at home, and um, you know, we're, we're in um, you know we're in good spirits, and you know, feel confident that you know if we play to our full potentials, and we can progress in the competition.
1: So this is the first time we've spoken on the podcast, Um, so this is always a great opportunity to get to know not just a new manager, but a new club as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey um, to becoming um, manager of Tavistock?
3: Um, Well, I was approached by a friend um, called Steve Cook who was involved in the club. Um, He was actually involved with uh, the reserve side and um, I believe at the time the existing managers, which was... um, Darren and Kevin had an offer to go and manage for the and uh, the club were looking for a, a first team manager. Obviously, I work in football full time. I have my own academy, which is linked with various clubs, and I do do a bit of football agency work as well. So, obviously, Steve thought I'd be a good fit. I came into the club um, alongside um, another gentleman who was again already at the club. But After sort of like um, a small number of games, he stepped down and um, obviously then I was made manager. And then I brought in a gentleman called Ken Orwood, who's a a close friend of mine, somebody I've known for a a lot of years. He's been fantastic as my assistant. And, um, you know, the journey started from there. We came third in our first season. We won the Southwestern League or the Peninsula League the second season. We were runners-up in our third season, and obviously got to the, into the League Cup final as well. And then in, in the fourth season, we won it again. So it's been successful, and within that time, we've had a couple of good runs in the bars and the FA Cup. So you know that's what brings us into the Western League. Um, in terms of the club itself, um, in terms of facilities, I feel that outside of the professional clubs, it's probably one of the best non-league setups certainly in our area, and has got the infrastructure to easily accommodate playing in a tier or two higher than we currently are.
1: Many of your team will, of course, be unfamiliar to our, our listeners as well. And, of course, you've had a pre-season um, coming into the, um, uh, into the Western League. So are there any uh, new names that your fans will be interested to hear about? Or are there perhaps any existing players that, um, that you think could, um, could well be ones to watch in this um, Western League campaign?
3: Yeah, I believe that, you know, we, we'll be competitive in the league. Um, we've kind of targeted a top six finish, which um, I feel is realistic. I believe in promoting youngsters, so we currently have three or four under 16s um, in our first team squad, which, you know, what I want them to do is to kind of force their way into starting 11, and then, you know, I hope that they then get picked up by bigger clubs. Um, and, prog- and progress, because, um, you know, I think if a 16-year-old is doing well in the Western Premier League on a consistent basis, then then there is opportunity to possibly be picked up by professional clubs or clubs further up the ladder, so, um, you know, lads like Brandon Roberts, is only just 16, um, we've got a lad called Alex Cairo who's 19, um, You know they're good youngsters at the club. That you know we feel that will move on from us, and um, we're basically a shot window for them to show their talents. And I feel we've got a good name in doing that in the past. Um, And you know, young players that have been released from the professional clubs know that if they come into us, um, if they've got the right attitude and willing to work hard and listen, there is an opportunity for them to play a good standard of football and we'll encourage them to um, go on for us if if an opportunity comes about.
1: Now, notwithstanding the excellent start you've made to life in the Western League, um, what do you make of the standard of football you've encountered so far?
3: Yeah, so far, very good. Um, You know, all the games have been, you know, although we've had a couple of 5 score scorelines, you know, the games weren't necessarily sort of like it sounds stupid 5-0 games um, you know the game against Buckland I think we scored sort of like 4 goals in the last 15-20 minutes and it was quite a cagey game for the last period of the games and although I wasn't now on Saturday um, you know at 2-0 our goalies made it you know two crucial saves so you know the other games the likes of the game we played against Cleveland the first game of the season was very tight um it's certainly more physical to sort of like play. We, we like to play through the thirds. Um, a lot of the teams are more back to front, are often a lot more organised as well. So um, I do think the standard of the league is probably slightly higher than the league we've come out of. Although I would like to add that I feel the top sort of like half a dozen sides in the Palencia League, it's like the likes of Solzhen and... Sunderstone and you know teams like Mousel you know that they could easily be competitive and and do well in our league that we're in now.
1: So the only team so far to have beaten you this season has been Bradford Town. Uh, do, you, yeah. do you think that there'll be ones to watch this season?
3: Yeah, funny enough, um, I missed two games this season because of work and holiday, and it was the game on Saturday and and that game against Bradford and. From the reports I've had back of ten, we weren't at our best. Um, they were very good on the day, um, and they're certainly the best side that we played. So, you know, along with sort of like Plymouth Parkway, Bitten uh, and Bradford, I could see those three as the main um, challenges for the league.
1: Now you've got a game coming up this Wednesday against Cadbury Heath. That's in the Les Phillips Cup. Obviously you're going yeah. you're going very well in the other cup competitions. So bearing in mind you said earlier that, you know, you'd like a top six finish. I think good cup runs seems to be another thing that the fans have got to look forward to this season. Yeah, no,
3: certainly every game we play will look to win, of course. Um, obviously you've got to be realistic. You know, there is a massive game on Saturday for the club. So we will be looking to obviously rotate, rest whatever you want to call it, um, certain players. But, um, yeah, certainly we'll be going up there and you know doing our best to be competitive and hopefully get a result.
1: Well, let's talk about that game on Saturday. It's an FA Cup tie against Highworth. Now, of course, Highworth are Southern League opposition, but they are relatively new to that that level of football. You, you've got them at home. So this, without getting too carried away, Stuart, this is a very winnable tie for you. Yeah,
3: at the end of the day... They're in the Southern League for a reason. Um, but, you know, and they're, they're playing the best of standard football than than what we are on a consistent basis. Um, so, you know, certainly, I would like to think that they're the favourites and we're the underdogs. However, at home, you know, providing we turn up and the boys the boys don't get overruled by the occasion, then I do feel that you know, we can be competitive and certainly give them a good game and hopefully, if, sort of like, Lady Luck favours us, then, you know, we have got a chance to progress
1: Well, as our sole representatives left in that competition, you'll have the support of the whole of the Western League um, for that game. I do hope you get a very good um, crowd supporting you as well, particularly as it's a home game and hopefully you can keep that flag flying just a little bit longer in that competition.
3: Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, that's a big thing for us. We're not, um, we would like to have bigger crowds and, um, our crowds have gone up a little bit since going into the Western League, which is obviously pleasing for everyone, certainly those behind the scenes. And, you know, I think we have been complimented on a number of occasions on the kind of, the brand of football we look to play. We, you know, we we don't go long, we don't go direct. We do like to try and play how I feel the game should be played. And um, it's good that more people are coming through the gate and, you know, hopefully... If we can continue being successful. Um, you know, our, our fan base will grow, and that will help the club massively. So that's kind of our own aim to put Tabstock on the map. And you know, when the likes of Argyle and that are away from home, and people want to watch a game of a good standard, you know, they'll come and watch us.
1: Stuart, thank you very much for your time. And um, on behalf of everybody who supports Western League football, the very best of luck for your FA Cup game on Saturday.
3: Yeah, much appreciated. Thanks
1: for the support and thanks for the chat. And my thanks to Stuart for his time. Uh, Now, moving on to Ivy Bridge. They took on Roman Glass St George, and there were plenty of goals in this one, Tom.
2: There were, and uh, fortunately, out of the five goals, Roman Glass scored three of them. So, uh, yeah, they've uh, booked their spot in the next round as well. Um, Goals from, yeah, Kai Simpson, Kane Gazzard. Uh, twice had given uh, Roman Glass the lead. But uh, Ivy Bridge, their credit, managed to, to fight back and, and grab a couple of equalisers uh, to set up a, a pretty nervy ending. And it looked like extra time was uh, on the cards. Uh, but Roman Glass managed to, to nick a late winner. And it was Ryan Bradford. He's very much, uh, yeah, probably their their main man in front of goal. Uh, and he struck in stoppage time uh, to, give, uh, to give his side a memorable cup victory.
1: And one final game we're going to look at in uh, this uh, this week's VARS action. It's Warminster Town. They were at home to Arlesford Town. It was the biggest gate of the day, as we understand it. 110 um, at this uh, at this match. Uh, great uh, attendance. Another good attendance from, from Warminster Town. And on this occasion, Tom, the home fans would have gone home happy.
2: They would have. Uh, yeah, a 2-1 win for, for Warminster. Fantastic result for them. And it was the skipper who, uh, yeah, Played a star on this one. Charlie Walton uh, scoring either side of the break uh, to give them a 2-1 win over Osford Town.
1: Do you think he's known as Charlie John Boy Walton oh in the dressing
2: room? I hope so. I really hope so.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so do I. And I'm really pleased that even at your tender years, you got that joke. Oh, I, I, I thought I was I thought I really was playing to the gallery on that one. But um, excellent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're referring to the darts, I'm fully aware what you're on.
1: No, I was actually referring to the uh, well, the Waltons, which was the, uh, the the television series where where the darts player probably got his nickname. I anyway, would
2: imagine he probably stole it from that. So uh, yeah, I've got there, but tenuously. Yeah.
1: Very much so. Anyway, if, <laughs> they do say of course if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. So we've we've butchered that one, Tom. We have. We won't, yeah, when we go on the stage, mate, we won't be opening with that one. But anyway, never mind. I've learned edit. my lesson.
2: Edit that one out. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think actually, I think we're going to keep it in. Um, <laughs> Anyway, right, moving on. Uh, Warminster Towns always a great club. We love to talk about them on the podcast because they do loads of wonderful things on and off the pitch. We had them tipped early season um, promotion contenders. Uh, their, fo- their form has been a little bit in and out, but this was certainly a great victory and an opportunity for me to get back in touch with an old friend of the podcast, Andy Crabtree. So I started off by having a chat with Andy about what he knew about Arlesford Town before that match.
0: to a few people about them. Um, I knew they had a, a useful side. Um, they won five out of five in the league. So it was going to be a daunting challenge. They were in the higher league, you know, equivalent to our Premier League. So I knew it was going to be a daunting task. But um, we uh, set up to try and be effective. It was effective, to be honest.
1: Well, you, you certainly got the result, which is the, the important thing, and it was another good crowd, wasn't it, that to uh, to cheer you on for this game? Yeah,
0: it was over 100. Um, it's a shame, really, because there was a lot of football on around the area, and also the free and cheese show, so it, I think it affected us a little bit. There was uh, also the Langford uh, Beer Festival on, which I know a few of our supporters went to, but, you know, we they're going to be getting over 100 and I think most teams in our league and Premier League would be quite happy with the attendances we we get so you'll never find a complaint from me on that
1: You've got East Cows Victoria in the next round and um, the fact that you've been drawn at home again and against a side from the Isle of Wight does that make you confident that you can progress further in this competition?
0: No, I think that'll be difficult as well I, I see they, um, they beat Fairham on Saturday who if I remember rightly they beat Westbury in the FA Cup so you know they can't be any mugs really um, so that's going to be difficult you know I know warmest of the, oh, well, I wasn't here then but they used to go over to the island regularly and play case because they were in the uh, Wessex League for a spell so they'd have been familiar I, I think a lot of the uh, supporters would have liked the trip over there to be honest <laughs> I'm quite happy with a home draw
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> well it certainly would have been a nicer way, Dave, but I mean in a way, uh, you know, as much as these you know, these these great cup ties are sort of, you know, entertaining for the fans, I suppose actually the prospect of the prospect of continuing your good progress in that competition is more appealing, isn't it? Of
0: course, yeah. I mean I was lucky enough to be involved with um through and we got through to the last eight one year and I think two years we got through to the last day so you know I know what it means to the club and I know the excitement it builds you know within the club in with the supporters so um, certainly uh, it would be great for the players you know if we could get through to the next round who knows you never know we could get another whole home draw <laughs>
1: It's been a bit of a mixed bag for you um in the in the league so far this season how How happy are you with the, the start that your side has made?'m
0: so happy I like to win every game um and to be fair we've with the exception of probably the Wales game where I thought we didn't perform for forty five minutes all the other games we've been you know in touch um our own our own inability has cost us you know in in all the games to be fair. So you know it's something we look to address. And You know if you're conceding two goals a game, you've got to score three, and it, it does make it difficult. And it's something we have tried to address, and we will be.
1: Because you had a very good finish to uh, last season, didn't you? And I, I must confess, yeah. not least when I, you know, when I saw that run of form, and also the business that you'd done in the um, in the season as well, the players that you'd brought in. I, I, I you know, I felt that you were going to you were going to make a strong showing this season. I mean, is that what your expectation was? Did you think you'd be sort of um, challenging at the top of the table? I think every manager
0: would hope for that. I I certainly would. But, um, you know, no two seasons are the same. We did strengthen to a degree, um, but it takes time for players to bed in. And, you know, sometimes you have injuries, suspensions and... Little things don't go right pre season and it upsets the apple cart a little bit. I think we've settled down a little bit now. I think, you know, we just need to get back to what we were doing last year and it was basic. It was basics. Yeah, that's what we need to be doing.
1: Now, you came up against a very good Wells side in your last league game. Do you think that they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season? Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. I I, I tipped them before the season, to be fair. I, I I know they signed some very good players, and um, they, they're going to score goals. And if you're going to score goals, you're going to cause teams problems. You know they're, they're going to be up there. You can say that definitely. They'll be in the they'll be in the top four.
1: I mean, that's one of the funny things. Of course, we talk about, and I, I know I've talked about it with you the last couple of seasons. That the fu- the first division is a funny old division. It's a division where any side can beat any any other on their day, and um, consistency. Is the key. So, do, I mean, which which teams do you think have the have the right recipe, have the right blend to be um, um, to be to be putting themselves in the mix this season?
0: I, I think I think that the the first division has strengthened, if anything, this year. I think there's about a dozen. teams I know they haven't been having good results. And, you know, there's some useful teams there. You know, old Navatonians have surprised us, us, surprised at you this year. You know, so like you say, anybody can beat anybody and there, there will be a few upsets along the way, without a doubt.
1: I mean, from, your, from a managerial perspective, how does that play when you're thinking about your own philosophy, you know, on a on a, on a match day? I mean, are you looking to grind out a victory against a side? come hell or high water? Or, you know, have you got a style of play that you want to see your team play this season?
0: You'll always have your own style of play. I, sometimes it's a, it's a blend. You know, you can't... Things don't always go the way you expect them to go, you know, and that and sometimes you do have to grind out results, you know, especially when it on a, on a muddy, wet January Saturday afternoon at yeah. <laughs> <in> the Street. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, sometimes... That's all you can do. <laughs> hopefully, our pitches, uh, our branch done wonderful wonders with our pitch this year. So, hopefully, you know, it's improved of the better.
1: I thought Hengrove would be one of the sides to watch this season. So far, that hasn't proved to be the case. You've got them on Saturday. Do you think now's a good time to catch them?
0: I think if you look at their results, they've improved a lot. Um, I think the problem is with a side coming down like that. Inevitable that you'll lose players um, because players still want to play in, you know, the Premier Division. So they're going to lose a few, and it, and it takes a long time for players to bed in. You know, they probably got eight, nine, 10, 11 new players. It's going to take time for them to bed in. And I think you know they had a good result last week at uh, uh, Oldland So you know you can't underestimate teams at your peril in this league because anybody, like you said, anybody can beat anybody. So you'd be a fool to think, oh, that's going to be an easy game because it won't be. You, you just know that. I've been in it long enough to you know, realise that.
1: Now, we'll have a, a final word about your incredible fans. Um, we always do talk about, um, particularly Roland, Roland Millwood, who of course does a podcast for you, but um uh, it's fascinating as the as the well as the as this very podcast has grown, the Tool Station Western League podcast. We've seen social media enter an era that um, I mean, perhaps you would never have considered the west that Western League football, steps five and six football, would ever sort of be covered in the way that it is um, on uh, on social media, on Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter. Um, but it really is a fantastic way of engaging with the fans and marketing aside. And I think if if any team in the Western League is blazing a trail in that, it it, it must be Warminster Town, mustn't it? Do you, I mean do, I know from our previous conversations how much the players appreciate it, but but to to keep that going, um, must be a great it must be a great boost to everybody around the club to know that there's so much interest in the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dublin does a brilliant job. I speak to him every Saturday, you know, and I often speak to him in the week as well you know, and all he's done is good for, uh, you know, for, you know, it's absolutely amazing the job he's done for the club, He's you know, he's brought them into the spotlight, you know, it's relentless and it's good, and I notice a lot of other clubs are doing it now, and it is the way forward, you know, whether whether you like it or not, I know our our chairman's not a great uh, admirer of social media, but to be honest... It's the way forward, unfortunately. You know, for him <laughs> I and mean, I, will slowly come round.
1: I know we will. Well, the funny thing is that I suppose it's like many things, isn't it? That we see so much, um, so much negativity, and I mean, there's very, very rarely is it out the press that we see negativity around social media, in particular with where football is concerned. That it's an opportunity for people who've got incredibly negative things to say to really you know, cause a great deal of harm and offence. And, of course, at the grassroots level, where a lot of people like yourself and your players are giving up their time for very little recompense, if any, it's even more galling. But when you actually see it used as a force for good with your games and the highlights of your matches and your matches previewed, so that, you know, it's actually an opportunity to boost crowds. When we look at the crowds at Weymouth Street and how they've gone up over recent seasons, it's a real case study, isn't it? It's a real blueprint for other sides. And, I mean, you've been involved in sides higher up the league pyramid than, than, a, than, than, you know, the Tool Station First Division. It's a real blueprint for how other teams can really capture the imagination of their local community and re-engage with those people and get them to come along on a Saturday afternoon.
0: Get anything over hundred and twenty people there on a Saturday. That's a great, you know, it's a great crowd in, in, in that league. I mean, believe you me, if we do well, if we start doing well week in and week out, we'll have hundred and fifty there. We'll have hundred and seventy-five there, and for you know local derbies, it'll be pushing for two hundred. You know, and Roland's instrumental in that because he's done a hell of a lot of work off the field, and there's other people involved with Twitter and Facebook. Who help as well? You know, one of them was a player, so you know it does pay dividends, and um, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's free press.
1: When you uh, Those local derbies you talk about, you know that when um, devisors will be in town, I'll be there with my red and white scarf on. But, um, of course, you've got bragging rights at the moment, so I've um, I've got to give you credit where that's due. I thought you played very well at Nurstead Road this season and probably a few more performances like that, Andy. You'll be certainly a damn sight closer to the top of the league than you were the mid-table. Let's hope so,
0: Ian. You know, it's all about taking the chances and, you know, when we have taken our chances, we've won games. And that's the key to anything. If you score goals, you stand a bigger
1: chance of winning games. So, yeah, without a doubt, and that was one of our better performances. <laughs> and, and what a time to get it, of course. Andy, thank you very much for speaking to the podcast, as always. I look forward to catching up with you um, later in the season. But um, certainly um, for the up and coming fixtures, um, good luck.
0: Thank you very much, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
2: If you're thinking, Toolstation,
0: I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you.
1: Only had five Premier Division um, ties on Saturday, but still plenty of football to talk about, Tom. And Wellington recording a very good away day victory at Brislington.
2: Yeah, and uh, all the the more impressive, this was their first points of the season, Wellington. So, uh, yeah, probably, um, yeah, a good afternoon for the Seasiders. Uh, Going ahead in the 11th minute, uh, Jack Bryant teeing up his brother, Connor, uh, to slot the ball home. Uh, Joe Chamberlain then uh, doubling the lead on the half hour uh, before he scored again in the, the early stages of the second half. And, uh, yeah, Wellington held out for a 3-0 win. Uh,
1: Chipping Sudbury, they had a, an interesting tie against Cribs.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Cribs, another side uh, to get their first league win this year. And it was, uh, yeah, a former Chipping Sudbury uh, star, uh, Joe White, he scored twice early. Early in this one, I think both goals in the first quarter hour uh, to put Cribs 2 0 up, and uh, yeah, that was how it stayed for for the remainder of the match. And it was Cribbs who ran out 2 0 winners.
1: Now, there were plenty of goals at Hallen at the weekend, and not necessarily all of them for the home side. Hallen scored four, and of course, on any other day, um, they'd expect to take three points on that sort of performance, but not when the opposition is Bridgewater Town.
2: No, um, yeah, quite a, quite a remarkable game on, on Saturday afternoon at Morehouse Lane. Uh, Halland scoring four, but yeah, Bridgewater scoring six. Um, Halland did go ahead. Uh, Rob Layton uh, in the 19th minute with a bicycle kick. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty good start for them. But then Bridgewater uh, managed to hit back. Jake, uh, Jack Taylor, Jake Horsey and Sam Towler scoring in the space of six minutes uh, to very much turn the game on its head. A, a 3-1 lead for Bridgewater just before time. Kyle Thomas then uh, very much yeah played a, played a starring role for, for Halland. He scored either side of the break. Uh, to level things up but uh, Bridgewater yeah pushed on in the second half already registered 7 nil and 8-1 victories away from home this year so they're very much um, yeah uh, well, enjoying enjoying their time in front of goal um, and it was Steve Murray uh, Jake Llewellyn and David O'Hare all scoring after the break and it was six different goal scorers that means for, for Bridgewater so quite an afternoon for them and uh, yeah, ran out eventually. Six uh, four winners over Halland for who? Uh, yeah, Carl Thomas did complete a hat trick, so it was a good afternoon for him. But uh, yeah, not not the defence unfortunately, but uh, but uh, an entertaining game.
1: There were ten goals in our next fixture as well, but they weren't quite so evenly spread mm-hmm. between um, Plymouth Parkway and Odd Down.
2: No, not much even spreading going on at all. Uh, all ten uh, for the home side in this one, Plymouth Parkway. Uh, yeah, routing Odd Down unfortunately. Uh, just two goals uh, to the good at half time, so very much, uh, yeah, pulling away of it after the break. And it was Adam Carter. Uh, he he was the man to to, to profit most. He got a hat trick. Uh, there was also a couple of goals from Mike Williams and Fletcher Williams as well. So uh, yeah, a really good afternoon for for Parkway and not so for uh, for Odd Down.
1: Well, plenty of goals on offer then, certainly in the Premier Division. Um, and um, the goal scorers must have been filling their boots.
2: Yeah, so Adam Carter we just mentioned there uh, from Plymouth Parkway. In the in terms of leading goal scorers for the league, uh, so league games only, he's uh, yeah uh, the first man to double figures this year. He's got 11 league goals. Uh, We've then got Josh Egan of Bitten. Uh, This is in the Premier Division. He has eight, Uh, and then Lucas Fowles who we've mentioned a couple of times over the last few weeks. He's got seven for Clevedon. So those are the top three in in terms of league goals in the Premier Division. Uh, And down in the First Division. Uh, Stuart Windsor of Calm who who started really well uh, he's got eight league goals Adam Wright of Cheddar has seven and so does James Rustle of Radstock uh, and then in terms of overall um, a man we, we mentioned a couple of times at the start of the podcast Jack Crago uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right uh, of Tavistock he has 13 goals in all competitions 12 of which have come in cup games so far this year so he's um, yeah, having a fantastic fantastic season so far uh, Carter, all 11 of his goals have come in, in in the league, as we as we heard from from Plymouth Parkway and then um, a couple of chaps on nine. Uh, we've got Gary Higdon of Bradford, uh, Stuart Windsor of Carl, who's obviously doing well in in terms of his league goals that we just mentioned, and then Harry Foster as well of uh, Wales, who's got quite a few uh, in in both competitions, so he's also got nine. So yeah, plenty of goals flying in early season.
1: Excellent stuff. Now we'll take a look at the uh, fixtures coming up. Uh, the first set start on Tuesday the 17th of September when of course, um, well the chances are you won't be listening to this podcast um, but we do have um, quite a few preliminary round fixtures both on the Tuesday and the Wednesday and the Les Phillips Cup and of course as that season progresses that will be one competition that we do talk about more and more uh, on the podcast uh, but um, we've got, well we've, actually we've got a little bit of Friday night football haven't we Tom? Radstock make the... Um, uh, the trip to Bishop Sutton, so that would be a very interesting one to see whether or not that, uh, that match on um, Friday the 20th September, kick-off at 7.30, um, does actually um, generate a bigger crowd, which, of course, is something that we've been looking at over the, over the seasons on the, on the Western mm-hmm. League podcast. Saturday the 21st of September is really what it's all about, and there is only one show in town, and that is Tavistock at home to Highworth Town. And, of course, I know I speak on behalf of the whole of the Western League family when um, I wish Tavistock well in that second qualifying round fixture. It would be wonderful to see them progress to the next round of that competition. But we do have a very full round of fixtures in both the Premier Division and the First Division. And what game has caught your eye, Tom?
2: Yeah, I've gone for um, Westbury versus Shepton Mallet. Uh, both had good wins uh, in the bars. Um and it's 8 v ninth. I know it's early season, so league tables obviously don't mean mean too much, but they've got sort of similar records. And uh, yeah, two teams. Uh, Mallet will yeah, if they get an away win at Westbury, that's a pretty good market to lay down early season. So yeah, be interesting to see how that one goes. I think on Saturday.
1: And I'm going to go for Wellington against. Bridgewater Town. Now, before the week that's just gone, um, this one surely would have been a formality because, of course, Wellington hadn't picked up, I don't think, any points, had they, Tom? Um, no. Um, before, mm. uh, before their win um, at the weekend. Um, and Bridgewater, we know, they've been going great guns. A slightly sluggish start, but they've been going really well. But I do remember uh, an interview I did with Carl Bagley, the Bridgewater Town assistant um, joint manager, uh, last season, where he told me that Wellington are one of those sides... Um, that have got a bit of uh, there, there's something about them that they always seem to bring to that game against Bridgewater it's there's something of a Derby feel about it and it would be fascinating to see whether Clive Jones can conjure up another fantastic performance against their near rivals and um, so that's that's my game to watch in the Premier Division and um, what about um, the fixtures in the First Division Tom what's caught your eye
2: I've gone for uh, similar to the the Premier Division in terms of uh, league positions. I've gone for Sherborne versus Porter's Head, uh, Identical records uh, early season. I think they both played five, one, three, I think something along those lines, and it's tenth versus eighth. Uh, but yeah, Sherborne have uh, yeah taken my fancy a little bit this season. Um, quite a lot like was going on there, so uh, a good home win against Porter's Head would uh, yeah certainly be a be a good good uh, good fillip for them.
1: Well, the game I'm going for it's all the Ws. Canton against Wells City. It'll be fascinating to see which of these two sides are at the races. Fourth takes on fifth. It's a real early doors, top of the table clash, and I think that will be a highly competitive uh, encounter. It'll be very good to see whether Wells can. Um, continue to deliver on what's been an excellent um, early form, and I know that Wincanton have made a very strong start as well. So that will be the game um, that I'll be keeping an eye out for. Um, Tom, as always, we've been going through your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that?
2: So yeah, that's in a, a couple of places on the on the website. Uh, that's, there's a tab along the top uh, which takes you to the most recent one, uh, and that's about halfway down as well, where you can download it as a, as a PDF and a Word document as well. So yeah, that's uh, available usually every Sunday lunchtime or so uh, after the the games on Saturday so yeah that's uh, that's on the website as, as always
1: Well thank you very much for your time and um, I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League Podcast